Hi, and welcome back to HFC. This is now part three of the Identity miniseries, which I kind of found ironic because I'm like, it's a miniseries, but I'm doing 12 episodes. Does that even quantify as a miniseries anymore? But you know, uh, just probably going to stick with calling it that because to call it a series feels too out there. Um, so for today's episode, as you may have seen, we're talking about the topic, I am free. And just to kind of rehash, in case you have not been listening to the episodes lately, we are in part three of the Identity series, which is just us exploring and identifying ourselves as as and under the identity God has given us, which we're finding by looking at verses and, you know, exploring them and seeing what it says about who we are, not only to ourselves, but who we are to others and understanding how we can use our identity to help others and to help ourselves. Yeah. So the, a couple of questions for this one and a couple of points, I guess. Um, so the main question for this episode is, how do we live in our true identity as those who've been made new in Christ? Um, three points are, the first one is, immerse ourselves in who he is. The second one is, we must intentionally remove the false identities given to us. And the third one is we must combat the lies and remind ourselves of who Christ is, what Christ has done, and who we are in Christ. Okay, so starting off by immersing ourselves in who he is, let's take a look at, you know, a verse. Um, so starting off by immersing ourselves in who he is, what does that mean? That means... Uh, immersing ourselves in the identity that he's given us, which is kind of what we're doing with this series, exploring what God and who God says we are and what we're called to do. Exploring his nature, which comes through reading the word and realizing what kind of God God is. Um, what does he want for us? What does he seek for us? What is his um, promises for us? What are his laws, his rules? He's a God, but he's also the King of Kings. His character his heart, um, get to know his mind, his will. And this is all done through the study of the word and taking intentional time in prayer. Sometimes, and I've said this before, the living word is a living word and it can change and transform us, but I like to think of it as seeds which have great potential. Don't get me wrong, tons of potential. But if we do not kind of feed and nurture those plants, those seeds, then it's going to wither and die. And how do we feed and nurture it? But through praise and worship, by praying, by spending time, you know, living in what we, living and speaking in what we are reading in the Bible. So that first part is really important because what you're reading in the Bible, it can't just sit on the Bible. It has to come off of it. It's a seed, but you have to nurture it by spending time in it and, and looking at it and, and, and working with it and, and, and bringing it up and looking at it daily. You don't just abandon the, the seed of the plant. You, you check on it. The second point is we must intentionally remove the false identities given to you by the world as we learn to see things through the lens of Scripture. Um, we kind of talked about this last episode because we talked about the fact that we are enlightened. For some people, it can be very difficult for them to move into their identity as Christ or identity in Christ, not as Christ, sorry. Um, because they aren't 
capable of even seeing that yet. You say, oh, God has love for you, but they're like, what do you mean? I already have love. They say, well, God has peace for you. And they're like, I already have peace because their eyes are blinded by what society has told them is peace or love or joy. A lot of people, I mean, you see it all the time, like you famous celebrities who's like, wow, they have the love of all their fans and yet they feel so lonely. And so, so many of the famous celebrities nowadays are going to rehab or on drugs or have addictions because they just have no satisfaction. And that's because they thought this love that the world could give or this fame that the world could give could could fill that void in their heart. And the, and the truth is, is that it doesn't. And that's where you know, spending time with God and having your yourself enlightened comes to benefit you because as those veils are removed, you begin to see the world for what it is. Whole bunch of hurting and broken people just trying to fill that void. And some are more successful than others, but a lot of people f- fall through the cracks. And so the question is, what what happens to those people? What can we do for them? Well, we can share our own enlightenment to help them. And that's what we talked about last week. <clears throat> but I also think that it's important to remember that we can only be enlightened if we know the word. And so I want to go ahead and share um, the verse for today's message. It's kind of long, so I'm probably not going to put it in the um, episode description. You may have noticed it's not there. But this verse is Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 8. It says, at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness of love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And just in case you weren't clear, that was also part of the verse. Um, But I think a lot of beautiful things are said here. And it's kind of crazy because um, just like last week, we're talking about the fact that for those of us who weren't always kind of in church, and and I think anybody can relate to this, honestly, there was a point in time where you kind of had that stuff. And as you move more towards God, you, some of that stuff falls away. So I myself can very easily identify with the first part where it says, we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all these passions and pleasures. You get caught up in the notion of, oh, I want to be seen by everyone, loved by everyone, validated, whether it's through praise, money, or some kind of physical gratification, emotional, I, I don't know. But we're finding our validation in God and, and we begin to get deceived and, and, and it's just causing envy because we're not realizing that all these things that we're chasing they're not going to fill us. And and we start to blame and get irritated because it's like, well, why am I not filled? Um, and we start to lash out at people because the feelings that we should be feeling, the hope and the peace that once were aren't there because 
They're like a drug. They're addictive, but they're never enough. Eventually, you grow resistant to it, and there's never enough. You'll always want more. It, Jesus puts it best when he says, you know, he is, if you come to him, he will give you water and you will thirst no more. The other powerful part of this verse is when it talks about the fact that he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. I feel like we have to constantly remind ourselves we did not earn it, we cannot earn it, and we will never earn it. Because sometimes I feel like we are we are free, but we don't act like it. I remember one time, um I won't sing it, but um Um, I wrote a song about that feeling because um, it's just so, it's so crazy that here God is saying, and, and I've heard people say it before, oh, well, God's forgiveness is infinite or it's only true forgiveness if you, you know, you can't go ask for forgiveness and then mess up like later. And and I take I take heart against that because I don't think it's ever wrong to ask God for forgiveness because what happens and what ends up happening is you have people who are like, oh, well, I can't ask for forgiveness yet because what if I mess up again? And you get that fear. And then because you're afraid to ask for forgiveness because you could mess up, then you're holding on to that shame and that guilt and you do mess up. Do I think that you should be actively seeking out forgiveness all the time? Like that's your goal? Just, oh, well, time to go get my daily forgiveness. And then right after you forgive, you're like, oh, well, time to pile on the sin and then, and then all the guilt and shame again. No, but I also don't think it's like, oh, well, you already asked for forgiveness. You can't go messing up again. Because honestly, like, the Bible specifically says all have fallen short of the glory of God. We are all going to mess up. Don't let the world deceive you or yourself deceive you into thinking that you are not free because of the guilt and shame that you have. Because, But I just asked God forgiveness for, for this literally yesterday, and I'm already failing. What kind of a mess am I? You're the mess that God expected you to be but he's working on you. He loves you. It says in the Bible so many different times that he came not because we were worthy, but because he loved us. This isn't a question or a matter of, am I worthy of his love? It's a question or a matter of, is God's love enough for me? Is Does he have enough love to love me? And the question is always, and the answer is always yes. <clears throat> I feel like we have to just remember this and we have to spend time in the word, but that's just it's just one of the most powerful things ever. And I'm not going to lie, even knowing that, it's like I can tell myself that God has given me forgiveness despite what I've done, and I can tell myself that I am free because Jesus has set me free and that when I sin, I know that 
Jesus is there to take it away. And he knew, he knew that we would fail. And that's, that's why he sacrificed. You're not taking advantage of his sacrifice to, to mess up and then try and then mess up again. You're using it for the purpose that he had. He knew that we would fail. He knew that we would struggle. He did it so we could ask for forgiveness. To say, oh, I messed up yesterday, so I can't ask for forgiveness today is insane. You ask for forgiveness when God calls you to forgive. When you feel it in your heart, like I did something wrong. Think of it this way. If I wronged my my mother, oh, well, I just said sorry because I hit her. I stubbed, her, I stubbed my toe on, on her earlier. And now this time I was holding like a pole and I smacked her in the back of the head. Do I just not say sorry because, oh, well, I already asked for forgiveness earlier. So I can't ask for forgiveness again because it's crazy. Oh my God, I'm going to be so embarrassed. No, you ask for forgiveness both times. And so it's the same way with God. If anything, he's more forgiving. So we should be asking for forgiveness. Sorry, Lord, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry, God, forgive me for what I've done. Sorry, I also think there's an an added aspect to that. Don't just ask for forgiveness. Ask for him to fill you because when you're removing that sin, there's there's still that void, that opening. You have to fill it with something. Yes, we are free, free indeed. And he's freeing us and he's taking those chains off and he's removing that sin and he's removing that shame. But something has to fill it. If you don't fill yourself with the word of God, then those same things will come back in and get you. And I mean, it's, I don't remember the exact verse, but there is a verse that mentions that not only will they come back and get you, but they'll bring friends stronger. The sin will come harder. So if you're asking for forgiveness and you're asking for deliverance from these kinds of things, and if you know you've received it, then you have to fill yourself with the word because they'll try to come back and they'll try to trick you. And and you can fight back by saying with your sword of the spirit, no, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And you can share the word of God. You can stand on his word and know that it's going to hold you steady because it never fails and it's always true. Um, it's just super important to constantly remind yourselves, even when it feels completely opposite, when you feel horrible, you feel like sick to your stomach, you feel like, I can't do this. Don't say that. Speak in the authority that Jesus has given you. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If God has called me to it, then he's going to see me through it. I must screw up. There's no way God can use me. But there's verses that say he's knitted you from in, in your mother's room. There's verses that's, that says you are the workmanship of God. He has created you for a purpose from the moment you were born. And he's working on you actively. We have to stand in his truth. Because yes, we can say we're free. But when we say we're free, but there's nothing backing it up, they laugh at us. Those spirits laugh at us. They're like, yeah, okay. But I like to think of it like, I might say I'm free. They laugh at me. I'm like, oh, you're laughing? And I'll read them the verse. I'll read them whatever verse they're combating me with. If they say I'm sick, say no, I'm not sick. By his stripes, I am healed. If they say I'm, I am, I'm scared. No, I'm not scared. The Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound of mind. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. 
because they might be able to laugh at what I say, but they can't laugh at the authority that God has given me, that the authority and the and the power and the the authority in the word that God has given me. So they can laugh when I say I'm free. They can laugh when I say I'm happy. They can laugh when I say I am wonderfully made. But they can't laugh at what he says because they know in the end where they're going to end up. And they know who is above every name. They know who is above every king. They know the name above all names. And so while they might not recognize mine, I make sh- <laughs> I make very sure that they recognize his. They say, I don't, I don't say this in my own name. You can laugh at me all you want, but I say this in the authority that God has given me. I say this in the mighty name of Jesus. Get out. You have no power here. For my mind, my body, my spirit, my heart fall under the authority of God. I am his to use. So you have no power here. Other things I like to pray, um, I say, Lord, I welcome your spirit into this place. Lord, fill your presence. Or, sorry, let this house be filled with your presence. Let this room be filled with your presence, Lord. For I know where the spirit of the Lord is, Lord. There is freedom. Um, before we pray, I just want to share one more verse. And that verse is John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. It says, If you hold to my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So just remember, it's not just coming to God that sets you free, because these they're not going to give you up that easily. The world doesn't give you that up, up that easily. You have to fight to prove who you are, except luckily for you, when it comes to who you are, God has already proven it for you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a workmanship that God is currently working on. You are healed. You are loved. And you have a God that has all the love and the grace for you, more than you could ever imagine. And I think that's just, that's just so powerful because when we begin to realize that, when we begin to realize it doesn't fall on me to prove who I am. Does it? Because God has told us who we are. As we begin to explore more and more of what God has said who we are, we get to, we begin to have more and more freedom and, and less and less weight on us because we realize it's not me defining who I am. It's not me saying who and what I can do. It's God. And these spirits, they they may laugh at me. They may look at me and think I'm weak. But I dare them to say the same to God. And I know that they won't. Anyway, as always, let's go ahead and end this one in a prayer. Um, before I say that, I just this one was done kind of in a rush because um, I'm actually going out of town next week. But I wanted to make sure that the next episode was uploaded. And I had issues with uh, uploading the last episode, so I really wanted to make sure. So I'm just like trying to get everything like sorted and make sure that we're good for next week. But um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just realize that you're free. You're free, and God has given you the gift of freedom. To not ask for forgiveness because you have guilt or shame, that's a slap to his face. That's like saying he's not enough. 
Because it's not a question of your, whether or not you're worthy of his love or forgiveness. It's a question of whether or not he, he is enough. And we all know that when it comes to God, he is more than enough. Anyway, like I said, let's go ahead and end this in prayer. Dear God, you are worthy of every praise. You are my creator and labeler. It is you I seek in my highs and my lows. I am not worthy of your love nor your attention, and yet you give it so freely and abundantly. I am humbled, Lord, by the love and the grace and the mercy that you have for me. It is through and because of you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I may not have much to offer to you, the King of Kings, but what I do I give freely. I am who you say I am, and you say I am precious. You say I am your treasured possession. I am your family. I am your friend. I am your temple. I am your vessel. You say I am your hands and feet, that I am a part of the body of Christ, and I believe it because you have told me so. I am a citizen of heaven. I am all things on my best and my worst day. And you? You are my God, Lord, my King, my Savior, my shelter, my strong tower, my fortress, my Alpha, my Omega. You were there at the thoughts of my creation. You will be there for my last thoughts on this earth. You will never leave, forsake, nor abandon me. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. Help me with the strength to act boldly for and within you. Lead me from temptation and forgive me of my sins. Remind me daily, Lord, of my identity and let me be bold when I claim it in the face of this any adversity, Lord. Create in me a hunger for your word. Create in me a desire to be near you. Give me wisdom. Give me insight, Lord. And help me to just create and, and finish, Lord, unveiling my eyes to the identity of who I am in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray all these things, Lord. Amen. Hi, and thank you for listening to HFC. I truly hope you are enjoying listening to this identity series so far. I just want to remind you, but even if you know these things, if you've been to church and you've heard these things before, it's still important to kind of go in the Bible or to go in the Bible and have your own exploration by yourself, that personal relationship with God and realize who you are. Spend time with God. Realize what it means to be free, what what his identity for you, his purpose is for you. Um, pray for me because I'm also doing, performing a Christmas song that I wrote and I'm going to need it. Anyway, thank you. Have a God-blessed week. Merry Christmas. See you next time. Bye.